Welcome to the APTA podcast. Defining Moment spotlights a particular moment, incident, or case that led the writer to a career in physical therapy or confirmed why he or she became a physical therapist or physical therapist assistant. This is the account in her own words and voice of Wendy Wagner, PT, MPT, who owns Wendy for Therapy, a private specialty practice in Illinois. My parents marveled at my adorable foot braces to fix feet that turned inward at birth. My bendy body was recruited for the local circus because it could twist in such entertaining ways. Ribs dislocated after a car accident took 10 years to find their way back home where they belonged. I thought, I guess I'm just unlucky. My right shoulder popped out during the state finals of a record setting high school swimming competition. My left shoulder popped out during the state finals of a championship high school water polo game. On a tiny ski hill, my ACL snapped. I thought, I guess I'm just unlucky. My jaw dislocated and locked up on my wedding day. How would I smile or talk? I spent time in a wheelchair during pregnancy due to a sacroiliac joint that slipped out of position. My stomach slowed to a stop once, putting me in the hospital for weeks until it woke up. I thought, I guess I'm just unlucky. I couldn't stand in line without feeling dizzy. I lost my vision when I stood up quickly and I had constant underlying nausea. My ankles would forget how to be ankles walking down the stairs or even walking down the street. Stitches never held, wounds dehissed. My hands and wrists required splinting to write, type, sleep, or drive. Oh, and as an adult, I had a disabling eight out of 10 headache nearly every single day. Growing up and as a young adult, I asked myself, didn't everyone's body behave that way? Don't most high-level athletes spend large percentages of their seasons in pain and in physical therapy? Wasn't I just unlucky? I assumed the answers were yes and pressed on through my pain to complete my undergraduate degree in business at the University of Illinois. I then started a career as an advertising executive. The hours were long, but the job was dynamic, the travel was fun, and the perks were glamorous. I shagged balls from Michael Jordan before a media event because my client was a sponsor for the Chicago Bulls. I sat at conference tables and planned ad campaigns with magicians Penn and Teller, Bill Nye the Science Guy, and execs from McDonald's and Miller Brewing Company. I had a visible and important role in bringing Target stores to Chicago. It was fun, it was sexy, but it burned me out. My 27-year-old body hurt all the time. After getting married and thinking about starting a family, I realized that my job was not compatible with my desire to work part-time while I raised my children. It also left me feeling empty on the inside. I realized I was in the business of persuading people to buy stuff they didn't know they wanted or probably didn't need. And I wanted to know more about why my body seemed to behave the way it did and how to make it feel better. So I decided to change course to something that I suspected would bring more meaning to my life. I went back to school to become a physical therapist. Having been in business school as an undergraduate, I did not have a single required science prerequisite. After quitting my ad job, I spent a year at my local community college studying anatomy, physiology, chemistry, physics, biology, statistics, and calculus before applying to and entering Northwestern University's physical therapist program. The Department of Physical Therapy and Human Movement Sciences prepared me to be a physical therapist, and I felt privileged to have graduated from such a well-respected school. Working on and off part-time when my kids were young, I practiced in a community hospital, a public school, a home health setting, and a residential pediatric intensive care facility. Then 25 years after graduation, I had a mother and three daughters come through my outpatient pediatric clinic with conditions that I had never heard of, hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, 
also referred to as HEDS, hypermobility spectrum disorder, or HSD, and postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, known as POTS. The children were excessively flexible. They could walk on the tops of their feet and bend their bodies into pretzels. They had complex medical histories with vague symptoms and complaints, and they struggled with pain and joint instability at very young ages. They had GI distress, they felt fatigued all the time, and had injuries that were difficult to explain given the mechanism of injury they described and the lack of corresponding radiographic evidence to support their clinical complaints. One day, their mom saw me clutching my forehead as I came to get the girls for their treatment session and asked me if I had ever considered that my 187-day headache may not be a migraine, but might be caused by the instability in my upper cervical spine. She had seen my overly flexible fingers and wrists and heard me relate to the girls with the party tricks that I could do with my flexible body. As I got to know the mom and her daughters better, their stories started sounding familiar to me. I realized that I had a similar history of presenting symptoms. These little girls were frequently injured and discounted their physical complaints. They pushed through their pain, struggled to tolerate a full day of being upright and felt different from their peers. Before the girls' diagnoses, their mom hadn't been able to get an explanation from the school system, previous therapists or physicians as to why her daughters complained so much. She was told they were anxious and just needed to exercise more. I spent the next year reading everything I could about HEDS and POTS, both of which have limited clinical research. I sought out professional conferences and traveled around the country to be evaluated by industry experts. I participated in online learning modules. After a visit with a neurosurgeon and geneticist, I was ultimately diagnosed with HEDS and came to my defining moment. This is what I was meant to do with my exceptional professional education and my personal gifts of compassion and healing. I wanted to help other people connect the dots that I had just connected. A lifetime of seemingly unrelated accidents and vague complaints of pain and fatigue had an explanation. Before I knew it, word got out in the Chicago area and I went from being the PT who has EDS to being the PT who treats patients with HEDS and its comorbidities. My pediatric practice quickly transitioned from treating children with developmental delays to specializing in adults and children who have HEDS and POTS. I've since attended specialty conferences, connected with professional colleagues, and consumed large volumes of material to learn all I can about these conditions. Although considered rare, it is estimated that up to 30% of patients who present to outpatient orthopedic physical therapy clinics likely have some form of hypermobility as a contributing factor to their injury or disease process, whether or not it is their presenting symptom. I believe connective tissue disorders such as HEDS are under-recognized, under-diagnosed, and poorly understood in the medical community. I am engaged in research to survey all DPT programs to determine the amount of time dedicated to teaching students about systemic hypermobility and connective tissue disorders as it is believed to be at least as common as rheumatoid arthritis or fibromyalgia, but receives much less time in didactic and clinical instructional settings. Because collagen is found in nearly every tissue in the human body, connective tissue disorders can have varied and complex presentations. EDS affects nearly every organ system, the GI system, leaky gut and gastroparesis, skin, excessive stretch, poor wound healing, and the pelvic region, prolapse, incontinence, and complications with pregnancy. Most commonly, HEDS presents with generalized joint hypermobility and associated chronic pain. Patients are unaware of their excessive range of motion and create microtrauma each time the joints are loaded at end range. 
As collagen is found in highest density in ligaments and tendons, these primary stabilizers do not resist tensile load as effectively as they should in people with HEDS, causing pain and dysfunction when muscles, the secondary stabilizers, are asked to work harder than they should. Because these conditions affect multiple body systems, they tend to puzzle primary care providers and seem, at first glance, to be unrelated. Called the trifecta, most patients with HEDS experience the comorbidities of POTS and mast cell activation syndrome, in which the body mounts an inappropriate immune response to what should be benign stimuli. Think hives, flushing, GI distress, and wheezing. Symptoms from the comorbidities can be as disabling as HEDS. I am passionate about advocating for better understanding in the medical community and improved treatment options for patients with these conditions. As physical therapy is often presented as being the first and best line of defense in preventing injury and limiting disability related to systemic joint hypermobility, I would like to educate clinicians to better recognize symptoms related to HEDS, POTS, and mast cell activation syndrome and work toward better quality of health delivery. Due to the disabling nature of their physical pain, patients with these conditions often spend a great deal of time in physical therapy. Many of my patients report having been injured by past experiences with physical therapists who were unfamiliar with HEDS because their bodies were being asked to do more than they were capable of doing. Physical therapy for this population must begin at low levels due to compensatory patterns. Exercises must begin in supine and prone positions before progressing to upright due to the patient's orthostatic intolerance and progression must be slow to allow new neuromuscular patterns to be learned. With the multiple body systems affected, the chronicity and severity of presenting symptoms and the complex and interrelated musculoskeletal issues to understand and rehabilitate, I spend a great deal of time and form deep personal bonds with each of my patients. Most come to me after failing traditional therapies. Nearly all have felt discounted by their health providers, friends, and family. Most have cried during their initial examination because it is often the first time they feel seen and understood. I have been told I saved a life. I have been told that hope was being experienced for the very first time. I would say the same things right back to my patients. I am honored to be in partnership with them and I'm grateful to have them with me on my own journey. We all learn from each other. I often turn to this quote from Maya Angelou for inspiration. We need joy as we need air. We need love as we need water and we need each other as we need the earth we share. APTA podcasts like this one are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, or by visiting apta.org slash podcasts. Thanks for listening.